Welcome to In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. The National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism says some 28% of adults in the United States drink enough to put them at risk of dependency or other alcohol-related abuses. Also, some 23 million Americans are living in recovery. Jack Canfield, the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and recovery expert Dave Andrews are out with a new book that takes a different approach to addiction treatment than the traditional 12-step program. I recently talked with Andrews about alcoholism, addiction, and his book, The 30-Day Sobriety Solution. The reality is this is is one of those times of the year where people get slightly honest with themselves, and they'll say they're going to quit for a while, or they'll make commitments, and that's where you start to understand where you're really at with drinking because it's 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 when you keep saying you're going to quit and keep picking these timelines and time frames and and then not being able to deliver that you start saying okay maybe this is really an issue you know so someone like you know for me for example i would have said okay new year and then i'd be like well you know playoff you know let's watch the rest of football super bowl okay after super bowl great you know oh well you know then it's spring break or you know whatever or, you know valentine's day or um, you know, it's Friday. So, I mean, it's, it becomes, that's part of what happens actually when people are really struggling is, is um, just always making up reasons and rationalizations for why they can't quit. But January is a time where you, you find a lot of people really do make that commitment and, and, uh, and you actually find some of the biggest groupings of like anniversaries in Alcoholics Anonymous during uh, the month of January because of that. What is the key here, uh, Dave, to, to, to making this work, I guess uh, first you know, recognizing you have a a problem and then then wanting to to correct it, but but uh, I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. It is and it isn't. So I mean, it is you know you, two things that you mentioned briefly are sometimes two of the hardest things, right? One is um, you know wanting to change. So <laughs> usually you have to have some negative consequences. Now the good news is a lot of people that struggle with alcoholism and addiction they they want to change they're just scared and that's that's different than not wanting to change you know so usually they want to but they're they're scared and that's that's more normal but uh um the other reality is is that uh is that um you have to you have to believe you have a problem and that's not always that easy there's a lot of people that we talk a lot about willpower and this idea that you know people think willpower can be this wonderful blessing and if you have really strong willpower you're great but a lot of times that willpower can be used against you it can be used to say you don't have a problem it can be used to block out evidence showing you otherwise can be used to keep you sober for 30 days it, you know what telling yourself you're completely fine and normal then you'll go back to drinking you know for the next 2 years you know the way you were before and things like that so um those two things are important to get over and then once you're over that that piece then there's lots of things that kind of come into play and there's lots of ways to ways to move forward and that's the idea of the whole book is that each day is kind of this is a theme for the day of something powerful that works to help people and and what's really cool about it is that the way it came the way it was written and designed came out of a need for me because I was doing Alcoholics Anonymous and everything else and I was not doing well and I was not on a pathway that was going to last and I realized one day that I I had the answer I'd been studying success things that Jack Canfield taught and Tony Robbins taught and all these other people taught and Oprah Winfrey taught, but they weren't taught in the world of recovery. And I had used those same techniques to have an incredible career, you know, very six-figure career, very successful. Everyone that, you know, knew me thought I was very successful. And yet I had this secret, not as big a secret as I thought it was, that, you know, where I drank every night and, you know, excessively. And uh, it, was, it was an alcoholic, full-fledged. And so I was great at my career. I was great at my drinking, and that's about it. And when I started translating those principles and those ideas and concepts to recovery in my own recovery, that's when things just started changing like crazy. And then I was able to share them with other people and see that 
they needed him to the point where when I launched this program back in 2010, the first three people, three of the first four people to do the program are featured stories in the book, success stories, because they're still sober today, which is which I'm in all of, and 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 it was, there's a lot just saying that this is this was needed to be out there, and then through that process, I met Jack though, and that's where I, that's where we're at today. Is it's actually the second version of the program, which is even more exciting because we've taken now what Jack gets to do in front of a stage and an audience all the time with a million people he's done face to face and been on Oprah recently even, you know, with everything that I've gotten with a thousand hours of coaching people and recovery and things like that. And uh, it's this wonderful culmination of kind of our best of best. And uh, that's what's exciting. So AA didn't work. So the group setting or the group, kind of the group session wasn't working for you in the, in the quote unquote traditional 12 step process. So what was it that was different that, 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 that you found that, that did work? How can you do this? I mean, what is it about you know, being maybe in a more private situation or, or as the book suggests, you know, doing this in the privacy of your own home that's different? Yeah, great question. And, and, the, and the privacy actually isn't, ironically, the, the, um, the main point. Now, the privacy is important for one main reason. That's because there's this, there's this gap that people know they have a problem versus what people do to deal with that problem. And we don't offer anyone help in that gap very much that works. Like, you know, we, we offer therapy, but if one hour of therapy a week isn't going to help someone necessarily in addictive behavior very easily. So my story was I wouldn't, AA was my last resort. AA did actually get me sober initially. Uh, the problem with AA or the, my, what didn't work for me were several things were there are certain, we have 80 years of knowledge and science and new things we've learned since AA was founded. It's still based off the same concepts that it brought together 80 years ago. And, and there's some great stuff. They've, they've, you know, they transformed the world of group therapy. That did not exist, you know, in any kind of big, big realm when, when that came out. And it still is one of the most effective things. There's nothing better than AA meeting to help teach you that there is another side, that you're not alone. All those things are wonderful. And so I'm a big fan of AA and so is Jack. It's not that we're not a fan of it. It's that we also know a lot about the brain and how it works, that we, that there are things that can be more effective and more, um, that can create results faster. That's just the bottom line because we know things. And we also know things like saying the words, I am an alcoholic, that can be important in the very early stages to get over denial, but it can be incredibly, incredibly destructive to repeat those words for the rest of your life because those words, I am, are considered um, basically an affirmation of who you are. And they're two of the most powerful words in the English language. So when someone says, I am, over and over again, they are reinforcing that their identity is, I'm an alcoholic. Well, What's your what's an alcoholic to someone that's an alcoholic? What's an alcoholic to most people, even alcoholics? They have a they have a they have a picture of what that is. If you are saying you're an alcoholic, you are going to in some ways want to create that identity in your life. That's just that's just that's almost one on one psychology. It's not there's not a lot of debate around that anymore. And so the words I am an alcoholic, repeating those every meeting, multiple times a meeting, and if you go to many meetings a week, it's not necessarily a good thing for you. Um, you know, as far as for moving forward. Now early on. We, you know, I get it. So there are things like that that are different, you know, and there are things like there are a lot of tools, whether it's visualization or whether it's um, goal setting and how you use goals or whether it's affirmations and, or whether it's uh, gratitude. And, and some of these things ebb and flow their way into AA, and you'll hear people teach them, but um, there are a lot of missing components from uh, AA and from a lot of recovery programs. 81% of recovery programs are based off AA. And, you know, one, once again, it just goes by the fact that 80 years. I mean, think about the advancements we've made in 80 years. And, you know, is it possible to have everything that someone needs that's really struggling 
you know, with a solution that was founded 80 years ago. Sure. And, Talk to us a little bit about the, uh, about the, you mentioned kind of sort of the brain chemistry and also, you know, cognitive therapy and some of the other yeah. new tools that are, are there. What do we know now that we can better understand how the brain works with, uh, with addiction and how maybe we can do something that's, you know, maybe, as you say, maybe a little more innovative or, or newer than the 80-year tradition of, of AA? Um, it, it, great question, right? So, I mean, I, I, a lot of it to me comes down to um, the power of the subconscious and rewiring the subconscious, and that's a that's still for some people is a very vague term. So, sub, our subconscious is what the you know now all scientists pretty much agree about ninety five percent of our of our brain power is below the surface, and five percent are conscious, and we have ninety five percent unconscious. And, and essentially, what what we're doing and all these things we're doing and going on around us are automatic behaviors that are so built in and so we're so unaware of that hold us back in so many different ways. And sometimes it's as simple as finding ways to, to identify those and to get rid of them. And so, you know, the example I give, and then we can give examples of how you figure it out, but one example is they did a study um, <clears throat> in this great book called Subliminal, in a study where they played French music in a, in a, sto- in a, in a store that sold uh, wine. They sold French wine and German wine, that's it. And so they played uh, French music one day, and they played German music another day. Still sold the same French and German wine, no difference as anything else. On the days French music was playing, 73% uh, French wine was bought. On the day German music was playing, 78% German wine was bought. And so the reason that's important is, is simply because people didn't actively choose to buy the type of wine based on the music they were hearing. <laughs> you know, it's not like I said, oh, you know, and some people, you know, there are probably some that did. I'm, you know, I'm not saying none, but uh-huh. you know, the, the general thesis, the general conclusion of this was, once again, to validate that we go through life making decisions that we have no idea that we're making, and we have no idea what's influencing them. Now, that's, and those are called what's called limiting beliefs, which is a lot of people have heard of. It's just simply that you have these beliefs and these practices that are holding you back in all kinds of areas of your life that are leading you down, you know, that are, that are creating challenges for you, you know, in your life, just like driving your car and you don't remember driving the car at all, your, your, your brain takes over and you don't know it. And, and, that, and, that's a, and that's a problem if it's taking over and taking you down a pathway that, that isn't right for you. And we've all been in, we, we've all had conversations, right, where you are 100% convinced the other person said something and they're 100% convinced they did it, right? And one of you, one of you is obviously wrong. One of you is obviously wrong. Maybe both of you are a little wrong, or maybe one of you is completely wrong. And the reality is it could be either one. But the, the ironic part is, is that one of you are sitting there convinced you said and did something that you didn't do or say. And, and, that, and, and that's sometimes how we go through life, right? We are, we're so blinded by our own actions or inactions, and we've created this own reality unintentionally. And that's what holds you back. And so part of what we do is we help identify those. But then also we find ways to re- reprogram your subconscious, kind of break those patterns, like tapping is this newer technique that Jack teaches. The reason he teaches it is one reason, because he's done it with audiences all over the world and, and seen incredible results. And tapping is simply where you're, you're, you're tapping various meridian points in your head and face, and it's totally bizarre, the weirdest thing in the whole world, and it works. That's even weirder yet. Like, I've done it for stuff. And, and, the, and the reason it works, and the reason it, it works is because you're helping, um, the tapping actually helps you break your pattern of, you're, so you're actually thinking about the problem you're having, and then you're tapping, and that helps actually break your pattern, right? So have you ever, like, been so stuck in your, um, like, like a big argument, and then someone farts, 
and like all of a sudden you're like, yeah. but he's like everything just kind of breaks, you know, it's like, and it changed, and, and that broke your pattern, right? Right. And all of a sudden you can't get back, you can't get angry again, right? You're like, you're like, you almost can't get back into that, like, wait, I was really mad about this, you know, um, and that's that's kind of breaking a pattern. So if you can break patterns that you get into that hurt you, that hold you back on a regular basis, that that's that's something about the neuro, uh, the neurochemical side, and just the neuroplasticity of our brain. What we know now is, and this is why the 30 days works is uh, science has proven that in 21 to 28 days, we can actually change the, the neural pathways in our brain um, if we do something repeatedly over and over again. And, and that's powerful because that helps you create new rituals, new habits in place of the ones that are holding you back. So break it down for us. How does, you know, how, if someone that's, you know, recognizes that you know, they, they need to make a change, they pick up the book, they, they get started on the process, so how does the system kind of work? System, I mean, so it's, it's easy, right? And so the whole goal of this is... Uh, you know, um, it's it's like Mark Zuckerberg's closed choice solution, which is I don't know if you know, but I always laugh. Like Mark Zuckerberg has uh-huh. a, a closet full of T-shirts, and anyone doesn't know that Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, he's like, I make way too many decisions a day to be making a decision about what I'm going to wear. So I have a closet full of I'm a billionaire with a closet full of gray T-shirts that I wear. You know, and but so the idea though is that I, I laugh about that, but it is true. People that are struggling, they want they want a, they want a process. They want this is what works, and and so we, for. Eight years, I, I've helped develop this, and Jack got involved to make sure that we have a process that works because I knew that's what I needed. And so we, you go through day one, day two, and then with that, you integrate with the website. And the website has various guide recordings, accountability things, things that really work that we know that works for the brain. So day one's a great example. So people, and I hear people, I get feedback on the day one guided exercise more than anything else in the whole program in the, moving forward, and there's a reason why. So what it is is simply... It's called the time travel technique. And so what you do is you do day one, you read the book, you go to the website, and then there's some, there's some review there, and then it helps review your action steps because every day has some action steps you have to take. You can't just read and you know, forget about it. Um, and so one of the action steps is listen to this guided recording. This guided recording's not too long, maybe 15 minutes, and it takes you into the future version of yourself. It takes, you, it takes you down your pathway of your future when you are drinking the way you've been drinking or maybe more or whatever, following a similar pathway, though. You're on the same trajectory. And then it takes you down a pathway where you are, uh, where you've stopped drinking, where drinking is no longer an issue, whether you've cut back or quit or whatever. It's no longer, it's no longer causing any negative impact in your life. And, and using what a framework which is called NLP, neuro linguistics programming, it's a, it's just a way of helping guide you through this process, and it's a powerful way. What's amazing about this, and once again, a lot of this was discovered through practicing with people because. You know, I, I'm all about feedback. If, you know, I don't care what the – I mean, I like the science, but if it doesn't work, I don't care because it needs to work with people in the real world. And what I found, you know, early on in this was that when people moved forward looking at themselves, they were not able to carry away this veil of denial. With, they're not able to carry this veil of denial with them. So, so it's easy for people to look at their life today and, and kind of not see the results, not see the negative things or kind of block it. But once they look forward, it's almost like they can't – the denial can't follow along. It's almost like they're looking at this as a whole separate person, and they're seeing it as a whole separate life trajectory, and that's when things get real. When you look ahead five years and you're taken through it and, you're, and you are really guided through it in a very powerful process, you have such clear vision and clarity after that about where you're headed and where you don't want to head. And, so, and a lot of the program is based off one principle. And, and making this work in your life. It's called, it, it's, it's what Freud teaches, called the pleasure principle. The pleasure principle simply is, yeah, you sound like you know it. You know, you make, yeah, exactly, right? You make decisions based off pain or pleasure. Either will do, you'll do twice as much use to avoid pain, they say roughly, and you know, whatever to get pleasure, but your everything comes down to that simple choice. 
if you start associating in general more pain to drinking and more pleasure to not drinking, you won't drink. Now, that's a, that's a nice, pretty way to say it. The reality is why people drink at the very end is a little different because they're so ashamed and embarrassed and they feel bad that they, they drink just to escape, to try to escape that even though it no longer works either. However, though, this, this formula, when, you're done, when it's introduced in the right way, and it really gets sunk in on a subconscious level, that comes back to that point. You know, when it is subconsciously believed, where you subconsciously know and believe that that's the case, and that's part of what these guided visualizations help you do, that's where sobriety is second nature. And that's why we hear all the time, people within 15 days will often say the desire to drink is gone. Now, if they stop doing any work after that, they'll go back to drinking again. Because that's just, you can't, you can't change the course of your life in 15 days and then go back to your normal behavior and expect different results. Mm -hmm. That's not logical. But um, you can, absolutely, and we see time and again, completely change the trajectory of your life in 30 days. And then by doing just some simple techniques we teach and things that, tools we give you, you can stay on that trajectory. I was going to ask you, is, is there like a maintenance plan after you go through the 30 days of, of, of there what is. you yeah, there is, and it's it's kind of interesting. It's not really like a follow this and take two of these and three of these. It's more like it's more like these are what we find work really well for people, and you need now to – what we recommend is you explore what worked well for you and what had breakthroughs for you and what you enjoyed doing. Yes, we give so many different options, and, and you know, there's one thing that Jack and I have found for successful people, and he's, he's studied them his whole life, is that, you know, there are some very fundamental ones that generally are used more than others – but there are still, but as long as people use certain techniques on a regular basis, so we call it like your new happy hour. So, you know, if you really want to thrive in life, you have your new happy hour, which is mm -hmm. exercise. You know, uh, maybe, you know, journaling is fundamental. I mean, journaling is one of those things that, the interesting about journaling is anyone that struggles with addiction dreads the idea of journaling only because that means they're putting their dark secrets and their shame and embarrassment on paper or on digital, or whatever. And I know I did. And the, the unfortunate part, or not the fortunate part, the fortunate part, but also the, the unfortunate part if you're not willing to do it is it is, one of the most, it is one of the most basic and transformational things you could do. And I was the biggest skeptic in the world, and I tell you, and then when I started researching and realizing why it's so powerful, once you get it on paper, it allows you to clarify, it allows you to let it go finally. Your brain just almost like it just allows us release, that it's, it's amazing. And you also, there are all kinds of other little things that it plays into. But So journaling is a great common one um, that I, I always recommend. Um, meditation is great for some, not as much for others. Depends. Visualization, I love, um, and that's very powerful. Uh, and you know, so there's a, and we recommend some creating, and we help you create some sort of ideal ritual that you can do on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be an hour a day. But Tony Robbins teaches the same thing. You know, you, you hear this from all kinds of people that are at the peak of their, the peak of their, um, um, you know, peak of their career and success and, and relationships and everything else. You know, not just, because uh, you know, success is not just about money, obviously. So. Uh, that's how we teach it moving forward and, and what we recommend. Dave, I wanted to ask you about something. I know, I know from personal experience from having a member of my extended family that, that's gone through, through addiction re recovery that, that family and friends and a lot of external factors can play a role in, in that person and how that person um, recovers. How does, how does your program deal? I mean, do you have to worry about external uh, influence and factors when, when uh, someone's going through the 30-day sobriety solution? Yeah, you have to worry about that in, in life, right? I mean, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you just, you, the, the, the challenge is this. There's two challenges with that, right? One is um, alcoholism and addiction in any kind of level, wherever you are in the continuum, it's an isolation disease. It's a, it's a, it, it becomes, you become more and more isolated or you become more and more focused around people that are also struggling with addiction. So it's not, and, and we are social people. We are, we need social dynamics as part of our, our paradigm to be happy and successful and 
all of the above, right? So, you know, but my guess is it sounds like someone like you, you have a, you have a very healthy relationship with alcohol. It doesn't sound like you probably struggle, right? Right, right. Yeah, and, and so, so, so for example, if I were coaching this person and he's and you're he's a family, you're you're one of the family members. I'd say this guy sounds awesome. You know, he's he's he he talks to people. He has all this great. Why aren't you spending more time with him? You know, and so a lot of times it's not that complicated. We have people in our life that we've pushed away because we're embarrassed of who we are, and we don't want to. We and and by being around them, we feel inferior. We feel like our flaws are really, you know, uh, you know, are are obvious, and so. Um, and, and, and anyone can get that kind of thing. So, so the idea behind it is that just simply look at who you're spending time with and change it because a lot of times we have people that we want to spend more time with that are healthy, that do have good, good practices and we can learn and be part of their life. And the ones that don't and are worse, then we can, we, you do need to limit those. You don't have to eliminate them necessarily. You might want it temporarily. I mean, I, I still have one of, my, you know, one of my best friends. I finally decided just I couldn't, I couldn't maintain that friendship anymore. It was, it was sad. It was hard. It's and uh, and I don't think he still understands. And I, and it's just that every time I was around him, he wanted to drink and other stuff. And I just I, it just it wasn't it it didn't feel authentic to me anymore. And I felt like it was holding me back. So that was hard. And there, and sometimes you have to make hard decisions. But um, you have to consider all the external factors, right? I mean, you have to consider the internal factors of your house. Meaning, you know, if you you don't really there any at any moment early 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 stages of sobriety, sometimes it you know you just get in a bad mood in an instant sometimes. And if you have alcohol right there, it might be just too easy to open a bottle and drink, you know. And so that's where it's ideal if in your environment for the first month you don't have alcohol just because you want to at least make sure you have a little barrier to go over, meaning get in your car and go buy it. Um, now, if you have a spouse, that's where it gets more challenging. That is a heavy drinker. And I've, but I've still seen that work out amazingly well. And I've coached people where they've been able to get sober, and I say, look, you're not, your job is not to get them sober. Your job is to be their inspiration they will follow you. Trust me. They're going to see them. They're going to. They're going to see one. They're going to see two things happen. They're going to see a. You're being happier, healthier, and having a better life. And b. You're getting further and further away from them. And and either they're going to have to catch up, or they're going to, or it's going to end in divorce. And, and usually they catch up. And uh, and that's the that's the promising thing because that is that is usually what happens. So sure. yeah. Is, is there a risk for someone? And I'm just thinking, just in in practical terms, that that. They're doing so well, and they're 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 15 days or 17 days to the program, and it's like, well, this is doing great. I don't need this anymore. Is there that temptation uh, to pull away and not? Oh uh, yeah, and, that, and that's my that's the most frustrating thing I experience with people. And I, I you know, and, and there's just another individual recently that I'm pretty. I'm my instinct is that's what's happened, you know. And I knew he was doing so amazing, and he he did so amazing in 30 days, and it was like his whole life had changed. He had not been sober more than 12 days in over two decades, and had and was a 13 to 17 drink a night person. And he's like, this is amazing, and this is, and he's all high, and I'm like, I'm like, that's great. I'm like, trust me, this high is a great thing to experience, but it, it, it you're still early sobriety. I go, you, you make sure you keep doing the work, and you know, and, and I was coaching him like just once a week, and I'm like, that's great. If you don't want to coach anymore, I am fine with that. And and a lot of people don't need to coach. I I've, I've, I haven't coached most of the success stories in the book, for example, but, um, but I, I always say to people, look, it's, it's deceptive. It's, it's this, it's you, if. It's easy to kind of creep back to your normal way of thinking, it's just like anyone that loses weight and then slowly puts the pound back on a month, right? You, know, you lose a mass amount of weight in two months, and then you know a year later you're back to the normal weight because you've slowly put it back on. It's the same thing with drinking, so it, it's very deceptive. And all we can do is warn and 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 let people know. The great thing is, though, is that we don't we don't. There's no shame. There's no other things that go on with this. We teach people to be very self-aware, 
and, and, and see when they're slipping back into that state of mind. And we also teach people, which is very different somewhat than AA, AA almost has a stigma to it. If you drink, it's almost like you're, and you're not cast out, but it almost feels like you are. It almost feels like you're starting over, like you have, you're back to day one. Not, everything you've done doesn't count anymore. You have to get your first day chip and all this. And, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily the predominant thought, but there is that feeling. And, and that means people often, when they, get, when they slip, they slip for a long time. Like they go in a whole binge for one month, two months, whatever. Where we tell people, look, you can go test it out, you know, try it, but be very careful, be very aware of your change tolerance. Know, you know, look for these signs, and you know, if that, and if you want to test it out, you can. And and so the good news is, is that hopefully and usually those people come back. One of our success stories did the program three times, and now she's done amazing for the last two years. But it took her three times. The first time she didn't finish it, the second time she finished it, and then the third time uh, is when it, she said it all came together. So everyone's different, and everyone's in a different state of mind and place and, and a willingness and ability to make the change. And, um, and it's exciting when, when uh, people figure it out and stick to it, and that's, and that's, that's what you've got to do, right? I mean, that's, just, that's part of we all We all are going to fall down multiple times, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I, and, that, and that's something I was going to just kind of underline it and, and ask you about, that, that once going through this process, that it, you're not done, that it is, it is, a, it is a continual you know, awareness and, and you know, continuing to grow and understand that yeah, you yeah. do, and not just a, it's you're done, finished, over, and you're good. Well, and the example, I, I, you know, what I would ask you is, like, are you, are, are, how do you feel about your personal growth as a person, individual? Are you done, or you got it all figured out, or are you uh, still growing? <laughs> I, I, hope I'm not, I hope I'm not done. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> So the reality is, like, people that drink, they sometimes, you know, the analogy is given that you've stopped growing, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't like to just make it that black and white, because I don't think that's that true. I, I, you know, the same token, there is some truth to it, right? I mean, it's that, it's that none of us are. If you, if you stop learning, if you stop having any self-awareness, if you stop, if you stop trying to grow as a person, an individual, and, and in your business, your career, your relationships – you're not going to be happy. You're just not. I mean, and, and so, you know, and so it doesn't matter whether you have addiction or not. If, if you don't have some sort of thing in your life that helps you keep being, you know, happy, and, and my guess is you have things you do that serve that purpose. You know, for me, I know, like, I have to go to some in-person training once every six months to a year because that feeds me like nothing else does. For whatever reason, I leave and I feel great for at least three months, you know, um, you know not all the time, not the whole time, but you know what I mean. And, and there are things that I have to, like, I listen to Tony Robbins and I immediately just change. You know, it's like it's just like a switch, a flip of the switch. And then when there are times when I don't do any of that stuff, you know, like when I'm writing a book and putting a website together and I don't exercise and take care of myself, like possibly now, um, where I know I might, I might need to, you know, give myself a little uh, self-healing and, and care because I'm on a pathway that isn't healthy for me. That's Dave Andrews, co-author of The 30-Day Sobriety Solution. In the Author's Voice is a listener-supported service of WSIU and Southern Illinois University. I'm Jeff Williams.